The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Welcome to the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison. Today, we're lucky enough to have with us Stephen Gould, the CEO and co-founder of Infinite Blue Energy. Stephen, welcome. Pleasure to be here. So good to, to have you with us today. And now, Stephen, before we delve into the hydrogen market and all that you're doing at Infinite Blue, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you're a mechanical ear by tra- engineer rather by training. You've been in the energy business for quite some time. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I commenced my career as an engineer for uh, one of the world's uh, uh, second largest oil and gas uh, companies and uh, um, spent uh, almost uh, uh, 20 years uh, traveling uh, uh, the world uh, working for uh, uh, the big oil and gas uh, companies and uh, gained a wealth of experience uh, in the uh, the oil and gas sector um, and uh, um, eventually moving into management and leadership uh, roles. Um, and I also did a two-year stint in corporate finance, which... Uh, uh, also assisted me in uh, uh, making the decision to start up uh, my own company, which uh, uh, we've done very successfully with uh, Infinite Blue Energy and our co-founder, uh, uh, Yolanda. So a uh, uh, great journey over the last uh, 20 years and uh, uh, proud to be heading up uh, uh, our own company and uh, implementing uh, everything that we've learned over uh, uh, the last 20 years working for the big uh, majors. You know, Stephen, you're in an exploding business, um, no pun intended, of course, but what is the hardest thing about being in a business that at the moment is getting so much attention? Yeah, it's been quite uh, tough in the, uh, the making. We've been uh, working on Infinite Blue Energy uh, for almost uh, three and a half uh, years now, and um, it's coming up with uh, the, the, the design of a green energy plant and, uh, and, and how that's going to uh, uh, work in the market and, and also ensuring not just the hydrogen production is available, it's making sure the downstream side is uh, uh, in place as well. So um, it's pointless having a hydrogen plant if you don't have the infrastructure from a few stations and uh, vehicles so one of the things that we've done at infinite blue energy um, we spent almost a year working on the offtakes so uh, the offtake tying into uh, heavy vehicles buses trucks passenger uh, uh, vehicles and working with uh, the uh, uh, the existing uh, roadhouse companies and fuel stations and repurposing the fuel stations as well so um, in wa we've uh, physically repurposed uh, um, 11 fuel stations and they're all finished with the first uh, five being targeted to uh, convert for hydrogen. So uh, uh, it's a lot of work, big journey, and it uh, takes a lot of time and patience. And uh, um, people always ask me, it's uh, why have you never given up? And, uh, um, and we haven't because we felt it was the right thing to do. It was the transition fuel of the future. Um, it was interesting when I lived in Italy as an engineer, um, we actually talked about uh, hydrogen uh, many, many years ago. And, uh, um, and here's it today. It's uh, the fuel of the future. So uh, it's how things uh, uh, pass and change. And what we're on that uh, new disruptive uh, technology to uh, uh, from uh, uh, the traditional uh, uh, petrol and diesel we use in our cars and buses and trucks today to transition in uh, these vehicles to uh, whether it's battery, electric or hydrogen fuel cells. So it's an amazing journey in the last 20 years. Is it hard to get people to understand 
what you're doing, Stephen? Because while it is, a, you know, there is an, a lot of eyeballs on the hydrogen market at the moment, um, it, it's still certainly not mainstream. There's a long way to go um, before it is mainstream. So is it difficult to get people to really understand what you're doing? I, I would say the people that we uh, uh, talk to and uh, um, whether, whether it's uh, business uh, uh, colleagues or, or people that you meet in the seminars, uh, um, they, 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 they're very keen, very interested. And uh, everyone knows about renewable energy and the, the move forward. I think COVID-19 has made that um, uh, more visible. Um, the people that we talk to, um, everyone agrees it's the right thing to do. And, uh, and I think most people know today uh, what hydrogen is about and, and the electric vehicles and hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. Um, and the, the people want to see the changes and, uh, and they, they know it's coming. Um, people want to be part of it. And, uh, and some of the people we talk to, uh, they ask us, well, how can we invest in your company? Uh, because it's exciting times. And uh, uh, so I, I truly believe um, worldwide, the, uh, the, the general public are fully aware of what needs to happen. And, um, and they're all ready to uh, contribute to it. So um, PwC sees the global hydrogen market exploding in the next sort of 20, 30 years. Now, they're, they're saying that demand should exceed 500 million tonnes in the next 30 years. Is that a forecast that you agree with? Definitely, but I, I actually think it's going to happen a lot quicker. If you look at some of the big uh, companies like BP, Shells, uh, uh, Chevron, uh, Total, they're all uh, planning uh, uh, their uh, renewable energy economy. They will uh, continue to invest in existing uh, infrastructure, but uh, limited their expenditure in new. Um, most of these uh, oil and gas companies are also spending their uh, their marketing money on renewable energy. And some of the big gas companies are also shortening the uh, life of their uh, their, their pipelines and uh, um, in, in an example, uh, um, Andrew Forrest uh, at Fortescue, um, they, they also uh, uh, had a strategy by 2040 to be carbon neutral. They've also brought that forward by 10 years to 2030. So a lot of the other big companies that we see here in Perth and that we're talking to as well, um, they're all talking about uh, 2030 uh, is, the, is the window where a lot of them will be carbon neutral and then to eventually move to uh, carbon uh, negative uh, over the next five, ten years. So I definitely think it's going to happen a lot quicker than what people actually think. When it comes to green hydrogen, you know, you, you, you're talking a lot about renewables, of course, which is what hydrogen fits into. But then let's talk about green hydrogen, because, uh, again, going back to the forecast, Goldman Sachs sees green hydrogen supplying up to 25 percent of the world's energy needs by 2050. Um, now, you see yourselves at the forefront of that green hydrogen revolution, if you, if you want to call it that. Um, but at the moment, only quite a small portion of what is produced overall globally actually fits under that banner. Correct. Uh, most, most of the hydrogen produced today comes from uh, uh, fossil fuels, the steam methane, uh, uh, the forming or pyrolysis. Uh, um, so it's definitely a change. I mean, uh, there's like 150 million tonnes of uh, hydrogen uh, produced uh, annually at this moment in time, uh, but only a uh, uh, very few uh, percent is done in green hydrogen. Um, definitely it's going to uh, change. And the uh, an example in uh, Europe, the uh, energy minister of uh, Europe I mentioned that couple of weeks ago that uh, they will only accept uh, green energy and it must come with uh, uh, green certificates confirming it's, uh, uh, it's from uh, renewables as well. So uh, um, definitely the, uh, um, the market's evolving. It will take time to uh, build these plants. An example, um, what we're doing at Infinite Blue Energy is having our first uh, uh, pilot plant, 25 tonnes a day, coming online in 2023. We are planning the expansion to uh, 
um, 120 tons uh, um, a day by uh, 2025, uh, 2026 uh, January, and um, and then to expand that to a world scale. So if you take the timeline to have a world scale plant, is going to take Infinite Blue Energy till at least 2027, 2028 uh, to have a world scale plant, and by July 2025 to have um, the production up 125 uh, tons a day. So uh, when you think of the the, the transition to cleaner energy 2030 is not far away it, it sounds a long way nine years uh, however it's going to take you five six years to build um, a plant of that magnitude so uh, if you want to be ready for uh, a 2030 uh, large-scale hydrogen plant you need to be planning and doing your engineering um, sourcing your, uh, uh, your your land and then starting uh, your uh, plant design and ordering your long leads uh, and your construction uh, time so uh, it's, it's, it's a big journey ahead for everyone. But then on the top, you've also got to get it overseas. I mean, you're talking about global, um, you know, global expansion here when it comes to transporting the hydrogen overseas. That's going to then involve the logistics of the transportation as well. I mean, when will that be ready that Australia can become one of the world's biggest exporters of hydrogen? Today, there's already um, Kawasaki. They've got the... Um, um, hydrogen uh, vessel coming from uh, Japan to uh, uh, La Trobe uh, Valley for uh, uh, the world's first uh, liquid hydrogen to uh, Japan. Um, that was initially targeted for the um, 2020 uh, uh, Olympic Games. However, due to COVID, it was cancelled. Um, but that uh, plant um, in uh, Hastings is already finished. Um, it's waiting for the, the vessel to take its first uh, liquid hydrogen to uh, Japan. Also in Norway, Norway, uh, they already have um, a vessel four times the size uh, of the current Kawasaki one um, already in place, and they're actually doubling that size again. So the vessels um, already exist uh, today, and there's also plans for the vessels to be expanded um, to the uh, the same scale as LNG tankers at 150,000 cubic meters. So that journey has already commenced over the last uh, two, three years, and the first vessels are already uh, making their first uh, uh, shipments of uh, liquid hydrogen. So um, it just needs to be scaled up. Um, and, and But the mar markets and the technology is already there to do it. Uh, um, in, in leveraging existing uh, uh, vessels, so um, uh, you could probably repurpose some of the existing LNG carriers with uh, uh, new um, um, storage vessels inside the tank. So the ones that you're currently using for uh, LNG is probably just uh, uh, take them out and put in uh, new uh, liquid hydrogen um, tanks into them. And that will allow you to use the same hull of the vessel and uh, um, and by repurposing it. So uh, I do believe you can repurpose uh, uh, the, the vessels long term. At this moment in time, the market are currently uh, um, building new uh, uh, vessels at this moment. So it's not that the, the, the technology is not there yet. The technology is there now. It just needs to be scaled up now. And that's what... Uh, uh, the big Kawasaki heavy industries are doing in Japan, and uh, same uh, um, in South Korea from the, uh, the the vessel manufacturing in Korea, and the same for uh, uh, the Scandinavia. So uh, definitely, the technology is uh, uh, available now. So, so at the by the time that your plant is ready on a global scale to to export on a global scale, you believe that um, the logistics will be there to enable you to to export hydrogen commercially in a commercially viable way. 
Definitely, because as part of uh, um, building Aerosmith uh, to a world-scale plant, we've got to have the offtake in place. Um, we've also got to have the vessel and the facility. So um, working on the domestic market, you, you basically need the hydrogen plant and you need the, uh, um, the infrastructure. Uh, so two key components. However, when you, uh, yeah, you, you expand and you're looking to uh, ship, you've got to add in the uh, third component. So uh, um, a, a world-scale plant uh, has to tie into the offtake, to the plant and to the vessel. So uh, uh, without one of that uh, uh, components, uh, your project's not going to succeed. Um, the, the vendors that we're talking to and the buyers for um, hydrogen for world-scale plants from uh, Australia, um, they're looking for a complete supply chain solution offered by uh, uh, that tech uh, company. So uh, and that's a key thing that Infinite Blue Energy are, have been working on for uh, almost two years already on our stage two design and how we're going to be shipping to Asia Pacific. So um, that's very well understood inside our organization. Now, you've recently raised $10 million, um, as part of your pre-IPO capital raising, um, doing really well, oversubscribed, um, closed, I believe, in just 22 hours. Yes, we uh, worked with uh, Barclay Pierce uh, um, in Sydney. Um, they, they got the strategy correct. They did very good uh, marketing uh, uh, pre-IPO. Um, the, um, the, the material that uh, they utilised in our uh, uh, project was first class. Uh, the message was delivered uh, successfully. And um, we, we closed a, a very successful uh, IPO. It uh, surprised everyone. Uh, since then, uh, we, we closed the IPO several weeks ahead of the, the actual initial uh, deadline. Um, due to the interest in our company, we've actually got over 300 investors currently waiting uh, to join Infinite Blue Energy. So at the next capital raise that we're planning um, at uh, pre-listing, uh, uh, we don't foresee there being any issue in delivering the uh, uh, the next uh, capital raise to build uh, Aerosmith as part of our equity share. So um, I, I can only say that and compliment uh, um, the, the people that were involved in the last capital raise was uh, a great job by everyone. Well, what sort of time frame do you have around the IPO now, Stephen? Um, we're actually targeting um, the last quarter of uh, 2021. Um, it was quite interesting when you talked about uh, the IPO uh, just over two weeks ago. Uh, we've we've had some great visibility uh, with Barclay Pearson last capital raise, and uh, um, and not just the last capital raises. The focus on Infinite Blue Energy as a company. Um, three weeks ago, uh, we were actually uh, um, mentioned in some of the world uh, um, uh, magazines and uh, and the key IPOs to watch out in 2021. And Infinite Blue Energy was the uh, uh, number. Th Three company to watch in the world uh, for their listing. So uh, for Infinite Blue Energy to be the third uh, most important company in the world in 2021 to watch out for, that's a great achievement. Uh, and also uh, just over two weeks ago, uh, we were also uh, um, from the world hydrogen leaders, um, Infinite Blue Energy and Aerosmith was uh, uh, selected as the the company and project to watch worldwide in the month of uh, June. So, uh, we're, we're, and this is all uh, great news for uh, uh, Infinite Blue Energy as we plan uh, our journey to uh, listing uh, the, the, the company in the next uh, uh, five, six months. So, so what are your plans for your for the using proceeds of the actual listing then, Stephen, specifically? I mean, um, obviously, we just talked about the capital raise that you've just completed. Um, listing will obviously net you uh, even more than that, um, depending, of course, on your valuation, which I would expect from everything that you've said will be um, quite high. Um, what are you planning on doing with the funds? Yeah, we're, we're looking to uh, um, invest in Aerosmith 
stage one, which is the 25 ton a day project. We're looking to invest uh, our equity share uh, for our shareholders and um, with our uh, strategic uh, partner that we're currently working on at this moment in time in closing. Um, we'll be looking to build uh, that project and get the, uh, uh, the, the first large-scale green hydrogen plant up and running in Australia um, and present that to uh, the other markets globally of uh, uh, this is what can be achieved and then uh, the, the time it can be achieved um, and use all the, uh, the the funds to uh, purchase uh, the long lead items such as the wind turbines, the uh, electrolyzers, the liquefaction uh, uh, technology, and the, the solar power and the integration smart systems. So um, basically, uh, um, and some working capital. So that will be the use of uh, the funds. Um, 95%, uh, 97% will all be used for uh, um, uh, purchasing equipment, and the other 2-3% will be um, basically for uh, running the organization and the uh, construction uh, uh, with the, uh, the the staff to uh, to uh, manage and build it. Um, with all of this attention that you're receiving, and congratulations, by the way, on, on some of those um, notable achievements and, and comments and uh, you've obviously got a lot of eyes on you. So um, are you fielding takeover offers at the moment, Stephen? Um, no, not not at this moment in time. It's, uh, um, I, I, again, the project we're, we're doing, it's uh, um, the, the people in our office, uh, as we build out, let them progress to a financial closure, um, having our strategic partners on board and uh, listing it's. Uh, it's exciting um, to be in hiring people. So hiring people to build um, the, the first project uh, large scale here in Australia. Uh, it's exciting. The people uh, that we em employ at this moment in time um, enjoy coming to the, the office uh, and to be part of this uh, transition and disruptive uh, uh, technology. Um, yeah, so uh, um, I, I would say, I mean, uh, uh, we're in a great position and uh, yes, there's probably someone would probably be interested to uh, take us over or, or whatever, but uh, uh, at this moment in time, we're progressing our project and uh, we're taking care of ourselves at this moment. Okay. All right, Stephen, we will certainly be watching your progress very, very closely and we really do appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks, of course, to all our supporters, all of our listeners. You are listening to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. We'll see you next time. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.